0: We all have a desire, a yearning to share our truth, to share the hard times that we went through and the hard lessons we learned through that. And in learning those lessons, we become successful or we become really good at what we do. This is Debbie and welcome to another
1: episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. On this episode, I speak with Helen Chang, who is a best-selling ghostwriter, speaker, and entrepreneur. As a founder and CEO of AuthorBridge Media, she has assisted more than 450 authors to write, design, and publish their books for credibility, revenue, and raving fans. Helen believes in the power of stories to transform people, whether through books, audio, or other viral media. Listen on to find out how Ellen helps authors share their unique stories and fulfill their life purposes. Hey, everyone. I am really excited for my guest today. I'm here with Helen. Hey, Helen. How are you? Hi, Debbie. So great to talk to you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to finally have you on. I know we've been trying to talk to each other for the last few months, but with everything going on, it's been so crazy, but I get to to finally have you and have a really great conversation with you today. So thank you so much. Before we get to amazing stuff, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life?
0: Yeah, and Debbie, it's such an honor to be speaking with you and on your show. You're such a you're such a role model for so many people. And for me, I love just working from my laptop. Sometimes I'll go to La Jolla which has this beautiful view of the really, you know, crystal emerald ocean, beautiful sky and clouds and you can hear the sound of birds you can hear seals and you can smell you can smell the salty air being able to do that and, and take off at my leisure during the work day to do that and still work is really what makes the digital lifestyle so worthwhile for me having said that i do have an office and you know i work from but having a digital lifestyle allows me that freedom and flexibility to 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 go physically anywhere I want to while also having a virtual team. So all of our team members live in different places and we meet by video and we all know exactly what we need to do. And more importantly, I just love working with my clients, writing their books, interviewing them, writing their books and getting their books out and published. So, it's amazing. And my and our clients are all over the world too. you know, America, Canada, Europe, Asia, Africa, Latin America, they're all over the world. And having this ability to connect with people and hear their stories and tell their stories through books is just such a wonderful privilege.
1: What you do, Helen is so interesting to me, because I don't I've never interviewed someone who was a best-selling ghost writer before. <laughs> and that is such a unique job that's such a unique business that you have you know a lot of people want to be best-selling authors and not a lot of people know that there are actually ghost writers who help these people get to the top right can you mm-hmm. tell us about your journey into becoming a best-selling a really successful ghostwriter? i mean how did you end up doing this and making this into your business
0: Yeah, thank you for asking. So I've been writing since I was five years old. I started by writing poetry and uh, grew up and majored in comparative literature and uh, eventually journalism. And so I was a business journalist for many years, writing for publications like Business Week, the International Herald Tribune, San Francisco Chronicle, and so on. And what happened was that, and I was a business journalist, so entrepreneurs started asking me to write their workbooks for them. And I noticed that many of them had had major failures before they became successful. So, you know, I would write these stories and eventually, like I said, they started asking me to ghostwrite. And one day one of my authors said, hey, can you ghostwrite my book? And I said, sure, I'll ghostwrite your book. And even that journey, that transition was, was really, was a learning, was definitely a a learning experience. Would you like to hear about that story? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I definitely want to. (laughs) Yeah. So what happened was that um, I was so excited about ghostwriting my first book and I interviewed the author and I got his hero's journey, you know, his bankruptcy and having to live in his in-law's garage. And then eventually he got into um, the field that he's in, and eventually became very successful, multi-multi millionaire. So I had gotten the scenes, the dialogues, his journey, you know, his promise to the world, and and on and on. And I was so excited, and I wrote this book, and I handed it in. And I'm in my living room with the phone in front of me, and I'm so excited, and I'm thinking to myself, oh gosh, you know, maybe I'll this book will be the next rich dad, poor dad, or the next think and grow rich. You know, it'll be this amazing classic. And so I'm in the living room, I'm on the phone and the author and the marketing manager get on the phone and they say, the marketing manager says, this is good, but it's not publishable. And I was like, oh no. And he said, we're gonna have to start again and I was so devastated. After I hung up, I did what somebody in any situation like that might do. I crawled into bed, and I probably stayed there for, I don't know, maybe three days or something like that, and I was so depressed, and I thought to myself, maybe I'm not meant to do this. Maybe this isn't my path. Maybe I'm not good enough, and I was so down, and then I thought, you know, I promised them that I was going to finish this book and I need to do what I said I would do. So I got out of bed and I went to the library and I went to bookstores and I looked up best-selling books and I really studied what made a good business book, what made it compelling, what made it something that could be marketable and publishable. And I rewrote that manuscript and I handed it in. And so I'm in my living room again, and I'm getting ready to be, get on the phone with the marketing manager and the author again. And I'm thinking to myself, God, I hope it's good enough. I hope this is gonna, this is gonna uh, work. And the marketing manager says, "This is good. It's marketable. We can publish." Wow. And so that book went on to do five editions. The author. Was able to use it to market everything they needed in terms of the television show, their coaching classes, their mastery courses, all this stuff. When I actually went to his live events, he was gracious enough to introduce me. People would come up to me during the break with tears in their eyes and they would say, That book changed our lives for generations to come. And I was like so astounded that my simple book could make such a difference in people's lives. And that author uh, spoke to me recently and he said that that book had launched a new division of his business that's now worth more than $100 million. So it's phenomenal what a book can do. And after that, I got tons of referrals and I had to make a choice between my journalism job and starting a business, goes writing books. And obviously I chose writing books. Before I knew it, you know, I added team members and we were doing publishing as well and getting people's books out there. So it's been an amazing journey. And I've had the privilege now of working with more than 450 authors on more than 1500 projects, most importantly, changing people's lives with the books that we do. And, you know, I'm never credited as a ghostwriter, I'm credited as an editor. So unless the authors say people don't really know that I'm the ghostwriter, and that's totally okay with me because for me, it's really important to change people's minds and ideas and inspire them to do great things. That's how I became a ghostwriter <laughs> and now I have a business doing this and it's just been such a honor and privilege. It's also really
1: interesting how we look at something that's already a finished product and we don't realize how much work that goes into it. And also how many people have had a hand in it, right? Because Mm -hmm. we just see this successful person and we think they can do everything. You know, they write everything, they do everything, they run their whole business and if you think about it, there's so many people who are extremely competent in the back end of it because without them, you wouldn't be where you are. So, that is also a great lesson to learn that it's not a one man show or a one woman show. There are a ton of people on the other side actually running it.
0: <laughs> mhm. Mhm. Indeed, indeed. And what's fun about being a ghostwriter, I mean, basically our clients are outsourcing their books to us to write and to get done. But one thing that I love about my job is that I capture the voice and the stories and the spirit and the heart of the author. So basically I'm translating their ideas, their stories into book form. That's always great. And one of the things we do is What I I take them on a heart message journey, which is an experiential journey where we discover their heart message, which is sort of like a universal theme that resonates and that appeals to readers on a very large level, regardless of whether they're in that particular industry or not. What I like about that is that it transcends geography, it transcends race or gender or background or country for that matter of where people are and where they're from, because we really get at who they are as a spirit.
1: When you look back into your journey, when you finally realized that you wanted to make that pivot after the success that you had, I'm sure there was a battle, right? I'm I'm not sure Mm -hmm. how hard that was for you to, (laughs) to make that pivot, to make that change, to leave your journalism job. But how did you prepare for this and kind of make yourself really prepare for what's about to come, right? Because I don't know about you Helen, but with me it's like okay, is this going to be like a one-time thing, especially when it becomes really successful, right? When you mm-hmm. you're like is this going to be a what hit one hit wonder? How can I replicate this? How did you go about that and how did you make that change and make it successful?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. For me, I'm kind of strategic in the way I make transitions. I'm not one of those types of people who is like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, I gave up everything and I sold my house and everything just so I could go off to Argentina and live for three months, kind of like that. I'm not like that at all. So in this case, what I said to myself is, wow, it's great. I've written this one book that I've been blessed enough for this team to, this author, to ask me to do. And they started referring me. And what I said to myself is, when I have three authors who want this and it's solid, then I will really consider moving forward in this. And that's exactly what happened. And it was the funniest thing because I had three referrals all at the same time and there was no way I could do this on the side and do my regular journalism job and so I really had to make a choice and I prayed about it you know ultimately we have a reason for being here on the planet but we don't know what it is most of the time right but there's a part of us that is connected to that divine part of us that knows why we're here and what we're meant to do at the and we, but we just never know what it is at the time. And so I just connected and asked, you know, and I hold my hand out and I put one choice in one hand and I put another choice in one and in the other hand. And I asked, I said, which is the path I'm supposed to go on stay in my journalism job or go with the ghostwriting, even though I'd never had a business doing ghostwriting and even though I wasn't sure. And I could feel the weight in the hand that was with the books, with the ghostwriting. It was a stronger energy. There was a weight, and it felt like that was the answer. So I kind of had to trust. It still took me a couple weeks, and I eventually turned in my resignation with my journalism job. And they were so kind. They said, well, okay, but can you still work for us part-time? So I worked for them part-time for about six months while I ghostwrote these three books and the three books just led to more and more. And it was a clear indication that that was the path I was meant to go on. And then it just grew from there. And even now I say, you know, if I'm meant to do this, well, then let me know. And if I'm not meant to do this and I am meant to do something else, then I will have, I'll be happy to do that. And we've, we've been very, very less. I I have to use, I keep using the word blessed because that's how (laughs) I feel. You know, I've been very blessed with all the projects that we've had this past year, even when I thought, okay, well, maybe we won't have any. But the the truth is that we all need to tell stories. We all have a desire, a yearning to share our truth, to share the hard times that we went through and the hard lessons we learned through that. And in learning those lessons, we become successful or we become really good at what we do We have a certain kind of wisdom and a gravitas, shall we say, and we we earn that right to share it with others. What I'm finding is that especially in times of great change, in times of uncertainty and in times of economic turmoil, people have an even greater need to go back to those eternal truths, those eternal wisdoms, and stories allow us to share that and stories allow us to validate the experiences we have, and to validate perhaps the failures and the sense of despair and depression that we may have had going through a certain period of experience that led to greater understanding, that led to a better way of doing things, that led to successful entrepreneurs. And and that's why entrepreneurs are as successful as they are, is because they've made so many mistakes and they've earned the right to share that with others now. So I feel that, you know, when you kind of trust and you're able to follow your path, you're able to serve other people and help them with their path. And so I think that faith and that trust and that knowingness is very important.
1: I also find it really incredible that when we are going through some really low points in our life obviously we don't want to be in that situation but when you actually come out of it it actually becomes the best story to tell right because no one Isn't wants it yeah because no one wants to hear yeah, I was born, I did really great. And then I found what I was really supposed to do with my life, and it was all really easy. And now here I am, really successful. People are like, okay, I can't relate to that <laughs> because we all go through the struggles. Everyone has pain, you know, some more than others, but it's something that it's really relatable. And Mm -hmm. we can definitely look at that and see ourselves in it. And it's unfortunate that we don't necessarily see ourselves in successful or the success of it or the end of it. But we do see ourselves in the struggle. And that gives you hope to continue and in the long run. And I find it really, I mean, it's not surprising to me that you are doing well, even during these like crazy times, because this is actually when I feel like most of us are looking at those stories to inspire us because most people are going through some really hard struggles right now. So mm-hmm. you kind of want to be inspired. It's like, okay, I need something to, to get me out of this dark time. So I'm, I'm not surprised that telling a story and having something to, to grasp onto is what people are, are trying to find and also what people are trying to give back as well.
0: Exactly. So I created a name for something, I call it the expert's origin story. And we include it in every book that we write. And what it is, is that every expert, every entrepreneur, coach, speaker, influencer, business leader, any kind of visionary who has a message to share, there's always an origin story right? Their origin story as an expert on that particular topic. And an origin story comprises that the elements of things are okay. And then something horrible happens or something challenging happens, or, or sometimes it's just boredom with life, boredom with the system. Like this isn't okay. There's something like wrong with having to to get a job, get married, and then die, right? (laughs) Have children and die, you know what I mean? (laughs) So that creates uh, something where they're challenged and then they go off on a journey. Well, that's their origin story, you know, how they started just like in The Wizard of Oz, right? How Dorothy, she lives this normal, boring life in Kansas and then the tornado happens and then all of a sudden she's on a journey where she has to find her way home. Well, with every uh, entrepreneur, every visionary that writes a book, there's an origin story. And when you have that, the reader relates because they relate to the vulnerability, the fear, the uncertainty that that particular expert went through at the time. They relate to that. And then they want to go on the journey, which is the journey of the book. And they want to see the success or the return to Kansas, shall we say, or the final battle of uncovering the wizard, uh, the truth about the wizard and uncovering and destroying the evil, bad person, and then clicking their shoes to find out their eternal truth of coming home, that there's no place like home. Well, that's kind of what a business book is like, too. You know, it's the same arc that we follow, except that it's in the world of business. It's in the world of that particular topic, whether that's alternative health, or a memoir, relationships, or sales and marketing, or uh, being a digital nomad, <laughs> being, you know, having an offbeat life, you know. And so every really great book has this expert's origin story uh, that we include at the beginning, because as you said, that's how people relate to you. People relate when there's a vulnerability and they're inspired when there's success. And that's really what we look
1: for. You know, we need people to look up to and get inspired by. And when you have a good book, you have a good story. Obviously, you have a good ghostwriter like you, Alan. It really makes it come to life and it inspires so many people. And it's incredible what words can do and what, you know, what, changes you can make in people's lives. And that must be one of the greatest things about your business and your job is all of these people
0: telling you how you have changed their lives. Yeah, thank you. And you know, and it's the same as you, Debbie, because you have an amazing origin story, you know, how you transition to being a digital nomad, how you live this life. And you were telling me earlier how you, of course, you're based in New York, but you were in Florida for several months and you know, you just have an amazing life and amazing story too. So it's inspiring. I'm inspired by you. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: definitely a struggle most of the time, but <laughs> and I people I tell people this all the time because I never want to have my audience listen to me and be just like, okay, everything is perfect. No, and I say this all the time. Most of the time when you're still trying to reach for something and even when you're in it, you're constantly struggling. It doesn't get usually any easier. You just get better at what you're doing. And that's just Mm -hmm. the truth. You know, You've, Mm -hmm. like you said, Helen, you fail enough and you get good at it because you fail so much that you can only go up from there. But most of the time, it's a constant struggle. And I think uh, a lot of people miss that. And there's a lot of false perceptions of certain people's lives even the best of the best are not just skating through you know like there's always a struggle and i think the more successful you become there's more responsibility and the more people that you are in charge of and i think it just you know it's it's not easy it's not an easy journey but it's a great one for sure <laughs>
0: exactly it's worth it it's worth it exactly
1: for you what has been the biggest setback that you have encountered right now, either as a ghostwriter, as an entrepreneur, because we often hear struggles in the beginning. But I want to hear about what you're struggling with right now.
0: <laughs> you know, in, in the story world, what we say is that we're always going through several different story arcs at the same time you might be ending a particular story arc about let's say your health, right? And then, but you're in the middle of a story arc about say your relationship and then you're starting a new story arc about something else, right? So that's how life is and that's how entrepreneurship is, right? And that's why people have series of books too, because they're always talking about different, different um, story arcs. So for me in my business, like we have like probably a dozen virtual team members. We have oh dozens of clients as well that we're working with right now. So for me, my struggles as an entrepreneur have been about putting in our cash flow system in place. So uh, this year we've been implementing particular um, system for managing our cash and m- making sure we set aside money for projects that that are that are still ongoing making sure that we have uh, we've implemented profit sharing for our team which has been amazing having cash reserves going forward so that has been i mean that was a struggle the last 2 to 3 years because we didn't have those i mean it was just like a, a point of great pain for me we had all these other things, we had sales, marketing clients, you know, we had production, we had all this stuff, but our cash management system sucked. (laughs) And now finally we have implemented that and that's helping us enormously. Legal, there was a huge thing too, because in our state, California, there's been a whole big legal change and then rechange regarding hiring and so on. So that was a huge struggle too, but that seems to have resolved itself and we have a we engaged a fantastic lawyer to help us navigate that, and so we have really good systems in place, and we're able to um, assist, focus more on our on assisting and growing our team members, such as writers and so on, and growing and and uh, helping with their development uh, as well, and then putting in a client dashboard system for our clients so that they can see exactly where they are on every step of the way for their journey. So uh, in, in essence, I would say a lot of it is automating and putting in systems and processes. So it's not just, um, you know, one entrepreneur's vision. Let's not like just Helen's passion and energy, but it's just like, Hey, we have the systems of the business in place to support all the projects that we have and to let our clients have a really uh, seamless experience or more seamless experience going forward. Uh, it's
1: Crazy how the issues and the struggles that you go through, it just changes, right? When yeah, you first began, exactly. Yeah, when you first began, you had maybe two or three or five clients, and as you get bigger, you know, you have over 450 clients that you've had now, and it just gets bigger and bigger, and you're like, oh my goodness, how do I make all of these things possible? And obviously, you want to do the best that you can, and that's why you're talking about systemizing things, because otherwise, it just gets so crazy without it, and you're just going to be run down to the ground, and especially with so many more people to work with, it's just not possible to do that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And you have to duplicate yourself. Like with you, Debbie, like you're very clear in bringing on guests onto this show. You know, you have a you have a very clear structure so that we as a guest know exactly what to expect and how to serve your audience. And so I think you've done a really nice job with that as well. Yeah, it was, again, systemizing
1: things. And, you know, once you do something over and over again, I have almost... 200 people that I've interviewed and it's like with anything else, you learn as you grow and you just have to start implementing them. Otherwise, like I said, you're just going to go nuts. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really interesting because in the news these days, one of the words that people keep saying is unprecedented, you know, in these unprecedented times. And I sort of feel like I hope we always have unprecedented times. That's what life is about. That's what history has always been about. If you take any slice of 10 years of history, it's always unprecedented. That's how we grow, that's how we improve. So I hope that we may all have unprecedented times forever going forward so that we can grow and so that we can expand and as entrepreneurs so that we can expand our teams and and also impact more people in the world.
1: It's also times like these that you learn how to adapt and you also learn how to think outside of the box. You know, I think it definitely shows what type of person you are as an entrepreneur and just as a human being, how we are all really resilient. So even Mm -hmm. when things happen that are not the norm. We still survive somehow, you know, and it's, it's pretty amazing what we see right now, what people are doing to even thrive during these situations.
0: Absolutely. And
1: we also have seen a huge, obviously, because there was really no option for anybody, a rise of digital uh, entrepreneurs, of remote workers. And I'm pretty happy about that. But (laughs) Because it's really yeah, what I love. Too. But now it just shows that it's
0: sustainable, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that's how we've operated all along because, you know, as a writer, I don't really like going into an office filled with people and pretending like I'm working certain hours and I'm productive when I'm not, you know, and just going to the cooler and talking to people and eating just to have a break when really I'd rather just lie, lie down and meditate for a while, you know what I mean? So, or or sit aside and meditate, (laughs) you know? And, um, so I really love how the world is becoming, um, digital and online. And I I think it's going to be a really great world that we're, we're moving into.
1: And there's just so much more possibilities for you to actually have more freedom with your time and just do more with your life when you have that. And I know I know a lot of people love having a environment where there's co-workers and they want to be in person. And uh, that's definitely understandable for but for people like us, Helen, and for my listeners. This is definitely something that is really incredible. And now there's more opportunities to do it.
0: Absolutely. I think there's also, you know, that internal discipline and being able to choose when you're actually going to be working and when you're going to be not working and being able to focus in an online environment. So I think those are also new skills that 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 we're going to have is digital nomads. And for a lot of young people coming into the marketplace, they don't have the benefit of a few years at least working in an office per se where there are people uh, giving them input and helping them develop those skills and develop that discipline. They're going into marketplace where they already have to be able to have those skills to be effective and productive, even without people giving them that uh, feedback. And, you know, I've actually hired people, marketing people, for example, and they wanted to be able to come into an office and get that feedback and that interaction. And I'm like, oh, uh, no, you need to be able to work from home. <laughs> and um, they're they're like, oh, and then, you know, and then they leave because they realize that they're, they're not equipped to actually work from home and work independently. And they want to have that feedback. So, I think for, especially whether you're young or you're old, but for people who are making that transition into a digital nomad lifestyle, that is something to be aware of is to, you have to create a virtual office, basically, Mm. whether that's a section of your bedroom or a section of your living room, you need to be able to close the doors and tell people around you, Hey, this is my time. I'm focused on working. I'm focused on my clients. I'm focused on creating I'm not in social mode I'm not in family mode so you know please let me leave me alone and so I think that's kind of one skill set that people need to be able to develop uh in making that transition to a digital a digital nomad lifestyle an offbeat life lifestyle <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it takes discipline when especially when you get started because you're not used to it and if you're living with other people there has to be boundaries and it gets harder especially when you have children and family all around you but it is doable as we know I know a lot of parents a lot of people working from home who can do this but it does it takes a little bit of time especially if you are and familiar with it but it can be realistic and you know now most people don't really have a choice so you kind of learn as you go which is okay you know that's kind of mm-hmm. with everything in life but Helen, let's fast forward to 30 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for?
0: Oh, thank you, Debbie. That's a a beautiful question. Oh, I want to be remembered for creating heartfelt, gut-wrenching and inspiring stories for other people, for myself, for the world. That uplifts humanity and that lasts long after I have left this planet and that touches people's hearts in a universal way, regardless of whether I'm here or not. That's what I want to be remembered for.
1: Well, you're definitely in a good place to do that. (laughs) 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 It's a good place to be in what you're doing.
0: (laughs) Yes, thank you very much. And ultimately, I think, Debbie, what I really want to be remembered for is having left a legacy of more love on the planet and the opportunity for more people to experience more love in their lives in whatever way that might be. I think that's it.
1: That's that's beautiful. And I think you're definitely doing that with the words that you're putting out there and the way you're sharing other people's lives as well as a writer, which is really beautiful. And it will, you know, we've had stories that even hundreds of years from now are still being uh, looked at, you know, made into movies even and more books that come from it, so which is really incredible. Now, Helen, if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you?
0: Well, I actually have a free gift for your listeners where they can actually create the vision of their book. And um, it's just a Create My Book Vision questionnaire, and they can get it at freegiftsfromhelen.com. Free gifts with an S from Helen.com com And then they can uh, have access to that and many other opportunities.
1: I love that freebie, Helen. I think that's going to be really good to, to take a look at.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. No, it's a really great uh, comprehensive questionnaire for creating the vision, your future of your book in terms of what your purpose is for your book, who your audience is, how you want to get it out, what's the scope of it, and so on and so forth. So it's a really nice um, way to set that up. You know, I just want to say also, Debbie, you're such an amazing individual. And I know that in the work that you do, you're sharing stories and inspiring people. And you're also creating more love on the planet. So thank you so much for the work you're doing and for the gift of this podcast that you're offering to your listeners.
1: Oh, that's so sweet, Helen. Thank you so much for those kind words. And it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. And I can't wait to look at your freebie and uh, answer those questionnaires too. (laughs) Thank you, Helen. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Likewise. Take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Helen. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to start a career as a remote ghostwriter. Hey listeners, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Lucky for you, I have created a new site that will help you learn how to launch grow and monetize your own show. I offer one-on-one mentorship programs and I'm launching an ebook, How to Create a Profitable Podcast that can help you take your podcast from hobby to profitable business. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com to learn more. Again, that's howtocreatepodcast.com. See you there. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.